you know that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in the world. Every 30 seconds, someone somewhere in the world is dying from a heart attack and or stroke. On today's episode, we discuss five key nutrients that I believe you should take in supplementation that will help you reduce the risk of a heart attack or a stroke. These are five nutrients that you know about, but you never connected it to reducing your risk of a heart attack or a stroke. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my intention to help you with your prostate health and how to live better with age. You know, today we got to step away a little bit from the prostate conversation. <laughs> we do, we do. You know, there's a lot of guys actually dying from prostate, not prostate cancer, that's always on prostate cancer is always on my mind, dying from heart disease, heart attacks, or strokes. And I think it's a very important conversation to have. I think that um, uh, there are times where I have patients coming in with uh, prostate cancer. And, you know, sometimes they have low, uh, low risk of dying from prostate cancer based on their stage, they have, let's say, a Gleason 6, if you know what that means, right? Low-risk disease, and they're panicking about prostate cancer. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. And li- literally, you know, the conversation is, what are you worried about? I think you need to worry about um, not dying from a heart attack. What do you mean? I have prostate cancer. I have cancer. Yeah, but your blood pressure is really high. Your um, your your certain cardiovascular biomarkers are high. Um, you're overweight, and you have a family history of, uh, of, of, of a heart disease. Why are we thinking cancer? So we have to kind of refocus. We shift the focus of the patient. So I want to talk to you today about five key nutrients that I think you should supplement with. And I'm not mincing words. Supplement. Well, can I get it through food? You could, but why not get it, get it through a pill? Seriously. Why risk of not getting enough of these important nutrients through, uh, through, through a supplement, a dietary supplement? And I know some of you, I know some of you are purists. I know some of you hate to take pills, and that's okay. I know some of you are purists uh, that want to get everything from lifestyle. I think lifestyle is the most important thing. Exercise, eating correctly, plant-based diet, all that good stuff. Um, but when we're talking about reducing the risk of a heart attack or a stroke, I think it's all hands on deck and we need to do anything and everything possible to make that happen. So today I want to briefly talk to you about, um, what causes a heart attack or a stroke very briefly. uh, I'm actually going to have amazing cardiologists on soon. Uh, Dr. Joel Kahn, um, who is a cardiologist uh, that practices integrative medicine. I will have him on. Um, and Dr. Alan Gittig here from Mount Sinai here in New York, excellent cardiologist. I'll have him on as well. So with those two docs, we're going to go deeper into the weeds, into what you can do to prevent a heart attack. What I want to help you with here to give you an overview of what you should be looking at and five 
nutrient that you should take from dietary supplements that you would not think it'll be so helpful to reducing the risk of a heart attack or a stroke. Okay, so these are five nutrients that no one really talks about as it relates to the cardiovascular benefits from taking and consuming these nutrients. All right, that sounds good. You guys with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, briefly, what we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent a formation of plaque, right? This is the, the, the stuff, okay? We, we won't get into what the plaque, uh, what's in the plaque. This is the stuff that um, grows or it's involved in the, um, in the inside of the blood vessel of the artery that impedes the blood flow from going from one area to the, to the other. Right, so it blocks the blood flow. If you don't bring blood flow to the whole heart, uh, then that's gonna that's gonna induce a heart attack, right? So your heart should be enriched with blood, and nothing should obstruct that. A plaque would obstruct that. What causes a plaque? Again, we're gonna not get into the weeds there, but the bottom line is this: damage to the inside of that artery. Many reasons and many ways why that happened, many uh, methods to why that happens, will eventually cause uh, white blood cells to come to the damage area. You develop foamy cells and, and slowly but surely calcium calcification can stick to that. It becomes very sticky and you start growing this plaque inside of the artery and that stops the blood flow. Okay. So one, the most important biomarker, right? So the most important blood test to determine uh, the possibility of developing a heart attack, right? So what you want is what's a non-invasive way, what is the best non-invasive way to determine uh, the, the health of your blood vessels and to determine if you are developing a plaque? What is the best method of doing that? That's the, that's the question to ask. When they do blood work, and I tell you that I'm scratching my head here because I have no idea why still, despite the evidence, despite the scientific research, and there's plenty of it, practitioners, doctors, and even some cardiologists are just looking at total cholesterol, LDLC, also known as, um, uh, as bad cholesterol. That's a misnomer. There's no such thing as bad or good cholesterol. Actually, LDL is not even cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is cholesterol in this LDL particle, which is a lipoprotein. So this is the this is what um, what carries cholesterol throughout the body. Just like HDL, high density lipoprotein, it's another type of let's just call it a taxi that brings the has the cholesterol in and carries the cholesterol throughout the body, right? Because essentially, you need cholesterol in the, in the body, right? You need cholesterol uh, to uh, all your cells have cholesterol molecules. So without, without cholesterol, cholesterol in the outer layer of each cell, all the trillions of cells, we don't exist. So cholesterol is an important molecule. It, it's also involved in the creation and the, um, the synthesis of uh, hormones, uh, sex hormones like testosterone. Um, so testosterone is created from cholesterol, estrogen, estradiol, um, cortisol, different type of hormones. So cholesterol is important. 
That's number one. Number two is that the cholesterol that you consume through food does it's not equivalent to the cholesterol that's involved that your body in each cell makes. All your cells make cholesterol because it needs it. So you don't absorb the cholesterol that really that you consume. Most of it you kind of poop it out, if you will. Okay. So, well, let me not eat too much cholesterol because it will raise my cholesterol. It's not that simple. Your body creates and makes the cholesterol. So anyway, back to my point, when you do blood work, they're looking at cholesterol, total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, triglycerides, um, and a few other things. Before we continue, let's give a little love to today's sponsor. You know, I always say no man wakes up in the morning and says, wow, I can't wait to get that prostate biopsy today, right? (laughs) No man does. And the PSA test we know is not the greatest screening tool for prostate cancer. Well, now we have the ExoDX prostate test, which is the only risk assessment tool available as an at-home collection kit so patients can provide a specimen in the comfort and convenience of their home. The ExoDX prostate test has been included in the NCCN guidelines since 2019 for early detection of prostate cancer, and it's a simple, no digital rectal prostate exam required urine-based test for men over 40, or if there's a PSA roughly in that gray zone between 2 and 10 nanograms per milliliter to determine if you indeed need a prostate biopsy. So, Ask your urologist about the ExoDX prostate test. (laughs) That's irrelevant. The most important biomarker when they take out blood is apolipoprotein B, period, end of story. If we're trying to determine which biomarker is most significant in determining um, the risk of a heart attack or a stroke, it's APOB, apolipoprotein B, period. Okay, so, um, you know, if that's not in a blood test, apolipoprotein B, if that's not ordered, then what are we doing? I mean, that's where we're at right now. The research is clear, and I don't know why it takes so long, but to, uh, um, you know, implement the data that exists, the good data that exists, but that's where we're at. So you got to be proactive and ask for apolipoprotein B. All right, that's that. Then the next conversation, the next question is, what are the things that increases the risk of plaque formation and damage to the arteries? So there's a lot of things. So again, we're talking about these, this, the, the plaque forming. We want to reduce the risk. What are the things that will increase that uh, from happening? And really just causing damage or hardening of the arteries. That's atherosclerosis. That's hardening of the arteries. What causes that? What can we do to prevent it? The one thing, one of the things that causes um, um, plaque formation, hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis is high blood pressure. High blood pressure. High blood pressure. You don't want your blood pressure to be constantly high. That's not a good thing right? And what is high? Anything above 130 over 80 is high, okay? Now, here's the trick, and here's something you may not know. You never want your blood pressure to be the same throughout the day. In other words, if your blood pressure, let's say, is 120 over 80, which is like textbook good, right? 
Now some people would say 110 over 70. But anyway, I think 130 over 80 is a good a number not to go above most of the time. However, your blood pressure should change throughout the day. There's a circadian aspect to your blood pressure changing. So for example, your blood pressure should be higher in the morning when you wake up. It should be a bit higher throughout the day when you're active and probably stressed over work or kids or whatever it is. And then at night, it should be at its lowest. So let's say, you know, you wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, that you take your blood pressure is 140 over 80, okay? Then you take it again, and it's 130, you know, you take it again around noon. It's 135 over 85. I'm just pulling these numbers out of the air. You take it again, as day goes on, now it's at 5, 6 p.m., it's 120 over 80. Then it's nighttime, 110 over 70. In that scenario, that's a wonderful thing to happen. It's not one number. It's not 120 over 80 all day. It changes throughout the day. It goes from higher to lower blood pressure as the day goes on and it's lowest at night. That's a very healthy blood pressure. Okay. So sometimes I see that people are going to their doctor's office at two o'clock in the afternoon. Their blood pressure is 140 over 80. First of all, you need to retake the blood pressure multiple times to determine if you have high blood pressure. Second of all, you can have white coat syndrome, of course. And third of all, 140 over 80 may be fine at two o'clock in the afternoon. If it's 140 over 80 at 10 p.m. at night, that's a different conversation. That's high blood pressure. And it particularly if it happens often. Okay, so blood pressure, very important, probably most important. Second thing behaviorally is um, <clears throat> smoking. Smoking is very damaging to the arteries, period, end of story. If you want erectile dysfunction, smoke more. If you want to harden your arteries and um, increase your risk of a heart attack, smoke. Okay, so smoking is really bad. Thirdly is um, a big waist size, a big belly uh, um, uh, called waist circumference. Um, so you want to avoid that. That's indicative of uh, inflammation in the body and inflammation induces uh, or contributes to plaque formation, heart attacks, and strokes. So we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want that. All right. So that said, here are the five nutrients that I think you should supplement with that you may not know. And now you will know that reduces the risk of a heart attack or a stroke. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? All right. The number one vitamin that I think can be very helpful in reducing heart attack or a stroke is vitamin C. Vitamin C. Dr. Geo, vitamin C is good for um, when I have a cold. Absolutely. Absolutely. I use it to prevent from having a cold. Vitamin C is great. Vitamin C is probably, in my opinion... In my opinion, vitamin C is the most underappreciated vitamin that we have. Why is that? Well, because people are not taking it daily. Uh, people are taking it only to prevent a heart attack, uh, not a heart attack or stroke. People are taking it only for colds and flus, which is great. But it has many other great um uh, contributing factors to your health, skin health, collagen formation, which helps with skin and many other body parts, helps with uh, the production of dopamine. Um, it does help with your immune system. It helps with brain health and cognition, and it helps to reduce the risk of a heart attack or a stroke or cardiovascular disease. How does it do that? Well, 
vitamin C increases the gaseous chemical called nitric oxide by stimulating the increase of the enzyme that increases nitric oxide. So and nitric oxide uh, opens up blood vessels open blood vessels lowers blood pressure. So that helps with the blood pressure component of things. Um, so there you go. It helps lower blood pressure. Also, um, part of what creates a plaque is um, um, what's called monocytes, which is part of the white blood cells. In an effort to try to protect you, white blood cells, they can't, sometimes cause more harm than good, and they contribute to the formation of plaques. Um, vitamin C reduces the stickiness of these white blood cells to the inside of the arteries um, and improves, again, the production of nitric oxide, which then improves the what's called vasodilation, the widening and opening up of the arteries so that you have you reduce blood pressure. Blood pressure. So it prevents um, uh, uh, the formation of hardening of the arteries, plaques, uh, it reduces the risk of plaque formation, and it uh, induces uh, lowering blood pressure. In a 16-year study, this is the nurse uh, nurses' health study, um, which is a huge prospective study looking at 85,000 nurses. Uh, vitamin C uh, in supplements and dietarily was associated with a reduced risk of coronary heart disease. So a reduced risk of coronary heart disease. The higher the vitamin C levels, the more the less the um, the risk of heart disease. Another study, a British study, showed that those that had the most concentration of vitamin C in their blood had a 42% lower risk of strokes. What are we doing? What are we doing? Well, Dr. Gio, isn't too much of vitamin C bad? Well, what's too much? 500 milligrams a day? 500 milligrams a couple of times a day? If you're fighting a cold or a flu, you take it, you know, every two to three waking hours? That bad? Not toxic. Well, isn't it one argument that I received once? Well, taking a lot of vitamin C is just expensive urine. You pee it out anyway. Are you kidding me? Of course. Of course, you pee out the excess. You, the body, in its innate wisdom, um, urinates out what it doesn't need. So your body will saturate itself with what it needs. And the sicker you are, the more the more vitamin C you need, and it will urinate the rest. No question about it. That's a good thing. Are you gonna? I don't know. Are you gonna stop drinking water because you're gonna pee it out anyway? So why drink water? Right. That's that argument. So we don't want that. So vitamin C, super essential, super essential in reducing the risk of cardiovascular risk and stroke. How much? About 500 milligrams a day is good. Um, if you take more than 500 milligrams a day um, at one time, that is, you, you're going to pee out the rest. So uh, I would say 500 milligrams once, twice a day if you're fighting something, a cold or a flu, maybe multiple times a day, three to four times a day. Okay, separate dosages. The other vitamin, you ready for this? The other vitamin important and for, to reduce the risk of strokes and heart attacks is vitamin K2, also known as maniquinone. Okay, vitamin K2. Vitamin K2 has shown to reduce the risk of calcification 
in the arteries. So calcification, too much calcium in the arteries will stick to the arteries and hardens the arteries. That's why you there's a test called the uh, 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 calcium score. It's a, it's a, a scan, a CT scan that measures the amount of calcium in the arteries, right? So vitamin K2 lowers the stickiness of calcium to the arteries and kind of transports that to the bone. You want calcium in your bone. This is why vitamin K2 is great for osteosporosis. And in men with um, that are on ADT, androgen deprivation therapy for prostate cancer, vitamin K2 is very important, more so than calcium, more so than taking calcium as a supplement. Vitamin K2 takes calcium away from the arteries and into the bone. So how it helps with cardiovascular disease is by um, not letting calcium stick to the arteries and causing atherosclerosis. Now, that's as different than, um, and by the way, in studies, it's shown that vitamin K2 has inversely been associated with heart disease. So those that take vitamin K2 have less risk of heart disease. Vitamin K1, which is the vitamin K that you know, doesn't do that. Um, it has other uh, things is involved in cl blood clotting and things like that. Vitamin K1, vitamin K2, completely different. Before we continue, let's give a little love to today's sponsor. And since we are talking about cardiovascular health today, and if you're really interested in optimizing your own vascular system, the latest science is telling us that you need to focus in supporting the endothelial glycocalyx. What is that? The glycocalyx is the sort of slippery inner lining of the arteries that we talked about throughout this podcast of all your blood vessels. And it ensures optimal blood flow and delivery of oxygen and nutrients to every organ and every system of your body. That is why. I recommend clinically a supplement called Arteriosol HP, Arteriosol HP, which is something I use with patients all the time that are at higher risk of a heart attack or a stroke or any cardiovascular problem. I consider Arteriosol HP foundational to optimizing overall health and performance. If you want to learn more about Arteriosol HP for cardiovascular health, visit calroy.com forward slash Dr. Geo. That's calroy, C-A-L-R-O-Y.com forward slash Dr. Geo, D-R-G-E-O. So you want vitamin K2. The other nutrient important that I think you should supplement with to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, heart disease, heart attacks, and strokes that you may not know what it works is selenium. Selenium is a mineral. And in a huge study um, published in 2022, not that long ago, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition showed that um, sel higher selenium levels in blood had uh, a reduced risk of strokes in adults with hypertension. So those that had higher selenium levels had lower risk of strokes, okay? So selenium, very important, very important mineral, 
okay? You only really need about 200 uh, micrograms a day, very small amount. And, um, you know, sometimes people go up to 400 micrograms and that's fine. You don't want to go too high because then this, like everything else, if it's something that's, if a little is good, more is not better. And more than that is probably toxic. So selenium is that. So 200, 400 max micrograms, micrograms a day. Selenium. What is the other nutrient? Really important, really important for cardiovascular disease, disease and prevention of it is, you ready? Magnesium, magnesium, got to take magnesium. And how it works is at least partially is, is involved in blood pressure regulation. Again, we don't want our blood pressure to be too high. And in a huge study showed that 300 milligrams of magnesium a day significantly reduced um, the uh, uh, blood pressure, both uh, systolic, the upper number, and diastolic, the lower number. So magnesium, about 300 milligrams a day, reduces the risk of high blood pressure, which by then it would reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. But even the best evidence um, showed in what's called a Mendelian randomized trial, which is um, really looking for causation. So when you see a Mendelian trial, that means that it's, um, they're trying to identify cause and effect, not just correlation. And it showed that people with higher magnesium levels um, had lower risk of heart disease, lower risk of heart disease, congestive heart failure, cardiovascular and arterial disease. So magnesium, about 300 milligrams a day. Very important. Lastly, lastly, another nutrient that really you need it from supplementation that people do not associate with its benefits for cardiovascular disease is glucosamine. You may know glucosamine because it helps you with joint health and it helps you keep your joints healthy, and it does. Glucosamine is an excellent supplement for um, arthritis, uh, osteoarthritis. Um, it reduces, uh, it kind of builds the cartilage there a little bit. It reduces discomfort and pain. I take a lot of glucosamine. Glucosamine, very important for joint health. Also, you didn't know this, excellent for cardiovascular disease and prevention of cardiovascular disease. So one study uh, looking at a half a million people showed that those that consumed glu glucosamine supplement had a reduced risk, of, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, including strokes and heart attacks, by 22%. Glucosamine. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> right? Glucosamine. Now, when you take glucosamine sometimes for joint health, you're probably taking it with, um, with chondroitin. So it's glucosamine chondroitin. Chondroitin does not have the same benefits. And in fact, um, when you're taking a supplement, um, both glucosamine and chondroitin for joint health would do a very have a very similar um, benefit. So there's no need for both. Glucosamine, you get the most bang for your buck, and glucosamine is really what you need. So glucosamine, okay, also good for cardiovascular health. Um, it reduces the risk of stroke and heart disease, and it also can lower um, LDL, uh, what quote unquote bad cholesterol, which is not the right name. It's a horrible name, but anyway, higher LDL particles is associated with cardiovascular disease. Um, glucosamine reduces the size and the binding, 
right? The attachment of LDL to walls of the arteries and, uh, you know, uh, uh, smooth muscles of, of the arteries, all right? What's called the endothelial cells, okay? Glucosamine, take your glucosamine, all right? So those are the five nutrients that are not known to benefit for cardiovascular disease, but indeed it is. Indeed, it is beneficial. There are a few others. One of them is our sponsor for today that is very good, and we talked about it in the middle of, uh, of this episode, um, and that's, that's it. So if you know, if you are in the Dr. Geo newsletter, which you should be, drgeo.com, you should be, sign up. Folks, sign up. I send emails all the time that only the readers, only those that are engaged and in uh, subscribe to the Dr. Geo newsletter get. Okay. And I, I give you all the goods. I give you all the goods there. Uh, that's number one. Number two is please, please, please thank you so much for all of you that have commented, that have liked uh, this podcast on any platform, right? Whether it's Apple or uh, Spotify or even YouTube videos. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for uh, your five star. Only again, only if I earned it. And if I have not earned it, send me an email because I want to earn it. And lastly, um, I just want to take this moment to thank you. Um, we are um, well over our 60th uh, episode here. And I want to thank you. Uh, for listening, for engagement, uh, for engaging with me, uh, for considering me one of your sources. Uh, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there and you're listening to this one. Uh, I We put a lot of work. I have a team of people that put a lot of work to make this happen. I'm not alone. I just show up to the microphone um, and uh, after you know looking at things, doing the research, all my clinical experience, all my research ex experience so that you can live your best life with age. Um, that's the goal here. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You have this information on these five nutrients uh, 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 that will lower your risk of, of cardiovascular disease and stroke. Very important. The number one killer in the world. I think that Jamie Foxx, the actor, probably seems like he had a stroke and uh, was hospitalized and hopefully he gets better. All right. Um, this is how to do it. Sign up, drgeo.com and any podcast platform. I am Dr. Geo, and I'm signing off, and I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Our next sponsor partner has a product I use literally every day. I'm talking about AG1. You know, I've been using green powders mixed in drinks for a long time, and it has not always been a great experience, right? The powder clumps up a little bit. It tastes horrible, but you know what? You chug it anyway because it's good for you. AG1 changed the game. With in AG1, you have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day the right way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and energy to help you recover and focus and help you age successfully. To make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Dr. Geo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com 
forward slash Dr. Geo to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in the world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, Thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.